0: Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Carla Hatfield, and she was featured on the documentary on Discovery Plus, The Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe. Carla, I want to welcome you to my podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk with you today.
0: Well, I tell you, I heard you on our mutual friend now, Roberta Blevins podcast, Life After MLM. And I was mesmerized by your story. And I honestly couldn't believe the things you had to endure and went through. But I also and we talked before I started recording with you, I want to start at the very, very beginning. You were married and had a child, and I want you to kind of go from there so my listeners can kind of get an idea of what happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it does tie into everything, Um, and that's one aspect that I haven't really been able to get the full story out. So, yeah, I was married um, to a wonderful, extremely hardworking man. We had a three-year-old little boy, and in September of 2012, he started complaining of a really bad headache. And we did a lot of research and figured out what it actually was. He was actually in the hospital for my son's third birthday and Mm -hmm. insisted on coming home and he did. But he had a brainstem bleed. And we weren't sure if it was cancer in the beginning And it wasn't cancerous, it was cavernoma, which is sort of a cluster of blood vessels and veins. And they, it's kind of like a skin tag, but it's internal. And it's built up of blood vessels. Wow. And that is what burst in his brainstem. Is
0: it, is it kind of like an aneurysm kind of thing? What happened? Yeah. Okay.
1: yeah, it's okay. very similar to an aneurysm. Oh very. My
0: gosh, I'm so I'm First of all, I'm very, very sorry. That must have been absolutely beyond devastating. You have a three-year-old little boy named Pearson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen him in some of your videos. He's so precious. I cannot imagine your pain. So go ahead and keep going from there.
1: Yeah, so from there... We decided that we thought surgery was the best option for Scott, and we took him to Stanford University out in California. Uh, Dr. Steinberg performed a very delicate surgery, and he did okay for the next day, and he ended up um, coding the day after, the afternoon after surgery, and it was very traumatic. I was in the room when it happened. Mm. Um I was not happy with Stanford at all. It's a teaching hospital, and they wanted to do so many things. It was a four-day fight to just keep them calm, keep Scott as stable as possible until family could arrive. And we unfortunately had to take him off support about four days later. And that was December of 2012.
0: And it's a Christmas time. You have a three-year-old. Oh, my goodness. Yes.
1: Actually, his services were three days before Christmas. Oh.
0: Like I said, I'm so sorry. So that must have taken some time to heal. And did you take some time? How How did you get involved with the LuLaRoe after that?
1: I did. It took a little bit to shut his business down. I moved to another city that I thought, you know, we had a lot of Scott's family there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be best for Pearson. So I did that. But the three or four years after Scott passed were, you know, filled with... And I said in the documentary, there were times when I didn't deserve to have my son. And that's true. And I I can talk about it now because I'm in a better spot. And I can talk about it because I want to give other single moms that are especially dealing with, you know, self-medicating, addiction, trauma, any of those things to know that Mm -hmm. you can turn your life around Mm -hmm. and you can change the trajectory for your child. Uh, my mom was also an addict and I bounced around a lot. I was in foster care from 7th to 12th grade. Oh my goodness. Maintained a, a very stable life for a very long time and then I just had a series of things that just broke me.
0: Well let me uh, let me tell you something and right now to my listeners this woman is a very smart person. She's very entrepreneurish. She has her own business. And we'll get into that later. But guys, she pulled herself up from so many different ways and so many different times from so many different lows. And she has done it all on her own. And you're not going to believe the things that happened to her. So we're going to keep going. So you go through these several years of just hopefully healing. And then you I don't know if you stumble on this. Somebody talks to you about it. What happened? How did you get involved?
1: Well, I stumbled upon it actually. I had been praying for years. I, I was coming out of the fog. I wanted to be back to myself again so badly. Mm. And I've always been a creative person. So when I first saw, you know, I've always been in the themed things. When I, my grandparents were around, we would do banquets for, oh. you know, all kinds of different events. And I just knew that if I could find something creative, I would be okay. And I came across a pair of leggings that were Halloween themed, which number one, it's a themed item. Okay, great. Perfect. (laughs) And I asked about them and you know, it was, Oh, well we don't necessarily have this print because they only make so many. Oh, it was very intriguing at the time. Mm. So I found the company. I tried out the leggings, wore them for, you know, three or four months. And then before I knew it, I was signing up to be in the queue and was waiting to onboard, and then I I joined Lularoe officially. My boxes came right around the first week of July, actually into the second week of July of 2016.
0: Oh wow! So yeah, so yeah, so that's yeah. four years after your husband passed. So yeah, you mm-hmm. you took some good time. So you are living on now. I don't know if you worked before then. Did you have a job, or were you kind of living on his death benefits, or how did that work for you?
1: death benefits and some of the funds that he had left for myself and okay. for Pearson. Okay.
0: So, this- so this honestly will be your full-time job in your mind, because that's what they tell you. Hey, you can make all this money on these leggings, LuLaRoe leggings, and you can work part time for full time pay, blah, 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 all the things that I even talked to Roberto about. So you're excited, you know, you can still stay home with your child, you can do things that so many people dream of doing. And unfortunately, it's without your spouse. But hey, you're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, and you're making it work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I loved that Pearson could be with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was one major thing. He had already lost a parent. And if I had gone back to work, you know, I didn't want I just didn't want to be away from him. He was the only thing I had of my husband. And at that point, being out and being social again even was a huge step for me. I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't social, but I turned down so many things because I was grieving, healing, not being kind to my own self. To be able to bring Pearson with me was a big deal. And then he had so much fun and he could be with other kids and. In the beginning, there were a few things that I cannot deny were very good for me in the start. Okay.
0: Well, and that's another thing, you know, Pearson being involved in some of this LuLaRoe stuff really made you fall in love with some of the people that were involved. And I think you know where this is going. So you, (laughs) you were doing the legging thing, you got out of the queue, you started selling and you were pretty successful, just like Roberta was.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't have a huge team, but I sold a decent amount. It took three or four months. Once October came around, I realized that it could be something Mm -hmm. more than just something creative kind of keeping me busy creatively. It could really be something. And then I attended a training in November and met some of the higher ups in the company during that training kept in contact with a couple of them and that tends to propel the story very very forward yeah. uh, I bought Sam Schultz's Airstream in January of
0: 2017 well let's talk about Sam Schultz so tell me who started LuLaRoe and who is Sam Schultz so my listeners could know because they don't really understand yeah. all of the yeah. things that okay sure
1: sure they might be totally new right. um Sam Schultz is the direct nephew of Deanne Stidham, which is the owner of LuLaRoe. Okay. Deanne and Mark Stidham own LuLaRoe. Okay. And Sam Schultz was their entertainment, you know, hype man. He ran a lot of the trainings, would be kind of the MC, just mainly the guy that's keeping the morale up in the training rooms. He's helping book the okay. bands for convention and all sorts okay. of things. Okay.
0: Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So you're going to some of these meetings. Is that where you meet him? Yeah, I met him at one of the trainings. I reached out to him afterwards,
1: just plain thanking him for the training. A lot of the consultants at that time kept track of everybody in home office. Like we really wanted contact with them. All of us were enthralled with LuLaRoe at that time. It was it was so popular back then. Right. And he was actually set to take a tour with the Airstream that I currently house my business out of. And unfortunately, he was let go of from the company, fortunately for the consultants and everything that was going on behind the scenes. But that freed up the Airstream, and I was curious. He had already been planning on coming down to Myrtle Beach to do a pop-up. He was traveling, and his plan was to travel around, play music with his band, Culture Crew, and sell LuLaRoe out of the Airstream that I currently own, actually. And I thought, well, what are you going to do with the Airstream? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'm going to sell it. And I was interested. And so I bought the Airstream. He brought it down to Myrtle Beach with his bandmates that January. It was very quick. Within a month, I had purchased the Airstream.
0: Now, let me ask you something. When you, because, you know, they may not understand this either. You wanted the Airstream because you kind of had a background in like RV life. Like you used to do that a lot. So you kind of knew that kind of, and that was your love, correct? And you could go around and and maybe sell things out of your Airstream and go to different places. And, you know, you like to travel a little bit. So I think that was the big draw for you right
1: yeah it was a big draw and that was part of it definitely part of it and I thought what better way I knew that I was kind of phasing myself out of Myrtle Beach being a good city because it it wasn't always a very healthy city for me Mm -hmm. and I thought that that airstream would just help give me even more of a purpose and at that time I was so dedicated to LuLaRoe I thought what better way than to put it in the airstream
0: Well, when you were saying earlier, you were saying everybody was kind of keeping up with everybody in corporate. So they all knew that you bought this, this Airstream from Sam Schultz. And you said that once Ward got out and people kind of knew Sam and of course he was the events coordinator. So they all knew him and they all knew where he was. You said people were like following you on the highway when they saw the Airstream.
1: Yeah. LuLaRoe was such a big fad at the time. Mm -hmm. When we hit the road that summer with her, I would either have people waving, I had been followed off the highway twice, (laughs) I had people come up to me at events that, you know, their band was part of the entertainment at some of the events that I first started out at, and they would come up to the Airstream, kind of curious where Sam well, I don't know. I guess i over at this age. Yeah. This is my Airstream now. They fully knew that. Like they, yeah. a couple oh, yeah. of them. They knew. Yeah. That's just. Yeah.
0: And another thing is, Sam very well knew you were a single mom by then. You had lost your husband. Yes. And when he delivered that Airstream to you, and we don't have to go into the whole story, it was nowhere near prepared and in the shape that he told you it would be. No, it was not. Okay. No, it was not. Okay. okay. So okay, guys, you know, there's the first scam. Okay. Now, remember, she's considering Sam one of her best friends because he's like there for her. You know, he's kind of a father figure in a way to her son. I mean, he's really trying to get close to her son. And that was my whole lead up to that. So she's like trusting him and he's grooming her. And it just goes downhill from here, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really, I I would have to say that the true grooming process for me started once I purchased that Airstream because he then became kind of, I don't want to say big brother at first at that point, but it was more like, my friend owns this festival, maybe I can get you in, it would be a big deal, blah, blah, blah. It started then, and that summer was key for him. Pearson was around. Mm-hmm. You know, he became welcoming to Pearson, and Pearson, of course, thought it was a big deal because these guys have this RV tour bus. That's a right. big deal for a kid. So Pearson idolized this man, of course he did. idolized him, and yeah. Sam knew. As things progressed throughout that year in particular, he knew I began sharing more details because at that time he was truly platonic friend. You know, there were some things that happened with the Airstream, but at that point he was just a friend. And and at that point he had never asked me for a dime and I'm sharing with him past addiction struggles after my husband passed, how much I wanted to make things right, how hard I was trying, all of these things. He became one of the only people that I felt like I could talk to and be honest with. Mm -hmm. And then later on, as as we'll get through this story, he turned around and used every single bit of it against me.
0: Uh, And that's okay. That's what breaks my heart for you. But we're going to get to the better part later. So he's getting all of this information from you. It's like a predator. They're getting all this information. It's like a narcissist would do, an abusive narcissist would do. They get all this information to in turn use it against you later on. And so he knew you had some benefit money from your late husband.
1: Yes, he did. Yes, he did.
0: What happened after that?
1: So what happened after that is that summer after touring around with the Airstream, I went back to Myrtle Beach, realized this is just not the city. This is not where I need to be. I was so unhappy when I went home. And, you know, of course, all of these things got shared with him. And he knew in Myrtle Beach, I sort of had a support system that, maybe really wanted me to stay in Myrtle Beach. He definitely pushed me to leave Myrtle Beach earlier. And as it comes to find out, I wasn't moved back home to Cincinnati where I am now. For even a week before he hit me with the first investment.
0: Oh boy.
1: Which, you know, we'll get to all of those being yeah. fake. But yeah. looking back on it now, he was such a freaking mastermind. Oh, yeah. In his timing, he knew I refused to believe that he didn't know what he was doing the entire time.
0: Yeah, well, he's been doing it supposedly for years. Yeah. Yes. And I still can't believe the man is not in prison, but you did, you know, get some restitution money and we'll get to that too. So the first scam, did you purchase a house? No, no. The first scam
1: was he, uh, there was four different things with him and it was in a short time frame, oh. and... He was getting ready to go on a tour with Yclef and started asking like, if I wanted to be involved to help with the tour logistics
0: and things like that. I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Is that a, you know, is that a business he decided to start or something? Is that, what was that? He oh, had
1: a band at the time okay. and they were opening, they were the opening act for some of the Yclef shows. Okay. So knowing that that was coming down the pipeline I didn't think it was odd when he also asked me if I thought I would be interested in investing in a medicinal marijuana farm. Oh, great. And I, yeah, I from the <laughs> beginning said, well, I'd have to see the farm. I would have to see paperwork.
0: Yeah, because and... it's becoming it's becoming legal now. So yeah, of course, I see what you mean. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I did meet him with some prove it to me first kind of, sure. you know. But he was very good at twisting things to where he would talk about the future opportunities instead of the one right there. And lo and behold, I did a series of investments, whether it was the medicinal farm, that was the first one, two tour investments. And then he brought his brother into it, mm. who is the co-creator of Yo Gabba Gabba oh, okay. and said that he was developing new YouTube channels for kids wanted to put Pearson in it. Mm. And at the time, Pearson was really involved in theater and was, you know, having great auditions and things like that. So I I thought, oh, wow, okay. And the pay dates hadn't came for these. So I was also, you know, going to the Wyclef shows. I was running the merch booth at all the shows that I could. I was helping book plane tickets. I was, you know, helping with RV stuff all kinds of things. I mean, I felt like I was there. I was there in person. I was there over the phone mm-hmm. until things did not pay out on time. I didn't have any reason not to trust him. Right. But in that time frame of 4 months, he took every dime I had. Oh. Everything, everything. Oh. When I say everything, I mean I was at food banks and oh. taking payday loans on the social security death Uh, benefits that we got every month. That is how dire of a situation uh, it was.
0: And you know, like I said, guys, when you were groomed, when you are in this narcissistic, almost Stockholm syndrome kind of thing, where she's trusting him, it's tunnel vision for her, you know, he, she, he didn't ask for a dime at first. He, uh, he delivered on the Airstream. Was it perfect? No. But, you know, hey, she was able to look past that. Maybe there was a mistake. Maybe there was a misunderstanding. But it kept happening. And, you know, plus, her son was involved. And that pulled on your heartstrings. I get why you did this. I get it. Yeah. yeah.
1: One key component that Sam always talked about was that he knew. He knew and he would always bring up the first three or four years after my husband passed, how I was living my life, how much I wanted to make it right. And this was the way to do it. Oh. This was the way to get back what I had spent. This was the way to make my future solid for Pearson. And as a mom that had already dug herself out of the trenches, yes. he he knew how bad I wanted that. He knew that. He he knew the guilt that I carried. He knew how hard I was trying and that is how he convinced me to keep in the charade that he was running. Right.
0: And you know, what I also think is just awful. The fact that he knew you were a past addict, a drug addict, yes. Yes. to try to involve you in some kind of marijuana farm, knowing your background, knowing you have an addictive background, astounds me. It astounds yeah. me.
1: Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. And I already knew and this should have been my first clue. I had already watched the Sanjay Gupta documentaries about, you know, CBD components and things, other things like that, helping children with seizures, autism, all kinds of different medical uses for it. So when he approached me about it, it did not sound that far fetched to me because I had already watched different series of documentaries about it. Mm -hmm. So when I started saying, oh, yes, what about the strange charlotte's web this and that and the other and the things pulled right out of the documentary looking back on it i think i probably knew more about the medicinal side of it than what he did because he <laughs> didn't even really say he didn't even really say much back to the things i was talking about
0: yeah his and- focus though carla his focus was i can manipulate her Yes, I can make her do what I want. She is my puppet, and all I want is her money because then I can live off of it. It's like the new documentary on Netflix, the um tender swindler.
1: Oh my gosh, I watched that a couple of weeks ago when I was prepping for an event, you and know what I'm I about.
0: yeah, is that like Shocked. exactly like it almost? I mean, the different circumstances, but basically he did the
1: exact same thing. He did the exact same thing. This wasn't a romance scam, but this was a scam of a friendship. The grooming right. process everything but the similarities with you know that guy versus sam sam definitely surrounded himself in a group portrayed their adventures in a certain way Mm -hmm. had an answer for everything and would you know it the second i came to an understanding of what was really happening the situation changed he became abusive Mm. i have every single text message and every single email that he's ever done Turned it all back on me.
0: Of course he did. uh,
1: Threatened me saying he was going to, you know, talk to my in-laws. He was going to uh, all kinds of stuff. Then towards the latter part of it, when he knew he was definitely being investigated and people were calling me for comments and, you know, information and all the backstory of it. Oh, you don't need to talk to them. They already have all the information they need. Witness tampering. Oh. One go. thousand percent oh, witness yeah, tampering. Yeah. It was it was hell. It was hell what I went through.
0: Oh, I, I can't imagine. I, I can't. Now, when you were in the documentary, I have not unfortunately seen it. Did they talk to you about this stuff or did they what else, What did they focus on in that particular documentary? That
1: particular documentary really did take some time to expose Sam and show the real picture because there was a previous one that they handed him a silver platter to lie on. Oh. And I was told about it. I did not view any of it until after I sat down and filmed because I did not want my story to be biased in any way. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to tack on extra anger When I sat down to film, I wanted it to just come from the heart. So we spent about 12 hours one day going over the entire story. The documentary does give a very good piece of the story. Uh, It's not the full story, but it gives an impactful Cliff Notes version, sort of, and it does a great job at portraying myself and Pearson and really gives you the feeling of what that felt like for me in the documentary. Oh, good.
0: Well, I'm glad you're happy with it because there's so much scandal that he did with not only you, but other people, but we're talking about you today. So, and like I said, I'm baffled at what this man got away with and continues to get away with. Did you take him to court or did a group of you take him to court? How did that work?
1: It ended up being that I actually got contacted by an investigator towards the fall of eighteen. And at first I was extremely leery. I, you know, I was like, well, you're going to have to prove to me who you (laughs) are. I Googled the person. I did all this background research before to make sure this was a detective I was talking to. Not somebody from LuLaRoe. Sure. It could have been anybody. It could have been one of Sam's friends. I'm sure he had set up fake text messaging and all kinds of things throughout that year. Yeah, absolutely. So I cooperated right away. There were over a dozen victims. Oh my god. Three of us, three of us were the ones that cooperated with the authorities to the other ten. Oh my you know, if you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. And we can just leave it right at that. They know how I feel. And this person would be in jail where he deserves to be had the rest of you stood up for the rest of the victims. Mm. This wasn't just about me. This was about all the other people that he took advantage of, which was part of why I cooperated with the courts. And more so that he knew some of the funds that he was convincing me to pull from were direct funds, Pearson's 529, Mm. And a decedent IRA left by my husband. And I was not going to let him trample all over the memory of my late husband. Right. And steal my child's future and get away with it. Good for you. I don't know why he thought I wouldn't say anything, but piece of advice, don't scam a widow, okay? Because. Yeah we're going to stick up for our family and we're going to make sure that somebody gets, you know, some kind of punishment for what they've done.
0: Yeah.
1: And and part of it was, I would have felt a little bit more like, okay, that was a really dumb move. Well, let's see what we can get back. But the part with it being tied directly to my late husband who worked his entire career, he was such a hard worker, such a funny, nice, caring man, him and his memory. And my child, that's a whole different story. That's
0: right. So, okay, so he's in is he indicted and then he goes to court? How does that work? He was charged
1: his total of what he was charged with was over 300,000, oh, um wow. almost 325, I think. I'd have to look at the court documents. Oh my God. That was not all me. He took things from 13 different victims. Oh all different dollar amounts some of them were smaller some of them were larger unfortunately my series totaled up to over a hundred thousand oh dollars god it, everything i had left from oh. my husband and then you know stuff that we had been saving for pearson and that i had even been contributing to his 529 for years after my husband oh. passed
0: so L- but let me ask you this carla what did the founders is it deanne and what's her husband's name mark What happened with them? Did they know about this? Did they talk to you about it? Did they talk to anybody? Did they sweep it under the rug? What happened with that?
1: I don't know for sure what they thought about the situation. I do remember one day, and Deanne is never at a loss for words, one day at convention, it was April, it wasn't convention, sorry, it was a training after I had purchased the Airstream, April of 17. I met her and I told her that I had bought sam's lularoe cc and that i was gonna get out of your zip code they used to always say so i'm gonna take it on the road she looked like a ghost had taken over her she was completely silent like she did not know what to say back to me she was shocked and i didn't know what that meant i at the time i was like why was she so why was she so taken back by this I have my suspicions now, but I'm not real sure. She knew that Sam had purchased that Airstream. I just think maybe maybe in the background, he told her a completely different story. Of course I don't did. know, but yeah. <laughs> she looked like she was going to fall over when I told her that. And from then on, you know, I could message her and say, hey, I didn't get this launch. I didn't get this product. Oh, how much do you need? Let me tell them in the warehouse. Bam, it was on my, you know, it was just, yeah. it's weird. I'm not real sure to this day. What I don't know what she was thinking. And as far as him being charged with the corruption and the wire fraud and everything, I don't know what they think. I do think. Well,
0: this is her nephew. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. When he was let go of by LuLaRoe, I think that was them doing their own damage control for him ahead of time, honestly. Oh,
0: I'm sure. Yeah.
1: I have inside knowledge of, you know, just funds being in closets and things like that. And. I think there was a lot of swindling going around. I really do. I think there was some laundering going around. And I don't have proof, so I can't say much. But I do know that those things
0: were happening. Right. Yeah. So he went to court. And he was, yeah. you did win. He, d- he did get charged. So tell me what um, he was charged with.
1: He did get charged. Originally, he got charged with 26 second degree felonies. Oh, His charges God. came out very early in 2019. Oh, wow. Oh, he was charged. He got a restitution plea agreement with the state of Utah. Mm. A lot of the charges were dropped. And he entered a restitution agreement with the state of Utah. Had more, I've been told by different attorneys, had more victims came forward, Mm. the other charges would not have been dropped. Uh. And he probably would have faced much, much stiffer punishment. So, you know, there have been some things that have came up in the past where, you know, some of these other victims are angry with parts of Sam's life or different businesses that he tries to open And that is why I say, you know, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. You're part of the reason why he's out gallivanting around.
0: he's still doing it. But doesn't it make you wonder, and this is allegedly, and this is just my opinion, this may not have happened at all, but it makes you wonder if you bought him out. It makes you wonder if he shut him up and gave him money not to say anything.
1: Yeah, possibly, possibly. And I know some of them just had families and some of them had been previous business partners or friends and, it's an and yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah. sam said well i'll work it out with you privately mm-hmm. you know if mm-hmm. you can do you know xyz um, i'm sure that happened positively
0: so in the meantime he gets basically off with a slap in the wrist you get you do get restitution well whatever that means mm-hmm. what's restitution mean for you
1: <laughs> not much coming from sam schultz to be honest <laughs> with you um oh, honey. actually as we speak today recording this on march 1st he is 60 days late oh my gosh now isn't that contempt his, yeah his agreement to my knowledge has always been if he is over 60 days late it's the prosecutor's option to charge and convict oh wow and at this point he has been over 60 days late numerous times numerous times Mm. so as we sit and record this there are some inner workings where as a victim I want to know what's next because you know what I don't get to just pick and choose when I pay my credit card bills right so I don't feel like this is fair prior to him being 60 days late a lot of the times he never pays the same day of the month ever Mm. he knows exactly how to work the system and that is exactly what he's been doing the last year and a half Mm. that he's been on restitution Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm
0: so sorry yes. but you know what hopefully with him doing this numerous of times you can contact the right people and maybe they can get him on some of this stuff and and he could go to jail for a little while i hope because this guy is a monster and i'm sorry to say that but from what i've heard and what i've read and the podcast i've listened to about him holy crap it's bad he is he is he he is a monster i don't
1: know i just i don't know how somebody does that no. to somebody and wakes up the next day and just feels how do you get up every day how do you i'd be racked with no, guilt and he shows zero remorse well, zero. he's done it
0: to, he's done it to so many people he's a narcissist but let me tell you something else guys my listeners carla because she's so awesome has pulled herself up and has done things on her own without any help okay she is a go-getter i'm telling you right now and i you can probably tell by her personality she <laughs> she really is so tell my listeners what you got going now what are you doing now? You know, let's let's yeah. put let's put him beside, let's put Sam aside, and let's talk about what's going on now.
1: Yeah, what's going on now has been it's been a roller coaster since the documentary came out, yes. but it's been fun. So what I do now is I own Decades Rock and Pop Shop. Mm-hmm. It is an MTV era music themed, fully functioning art space in that same old Lularoe trailer. I love it. But the story about Decades is that we opened her the summer, late July of 2018. At that time, I was still reeling from being scammed from Sam. And I opened my business on pennies. When I say pennies, I mean pennies. Mm -hmm. I had the trailer. The first shows that I went out to, we still had old LuLaRoe in there. She wasn't painted. She looked absolutely nothing to what she's transformed into today. I even had a little tiny vinyl sign, two by four foot vinyl sign that I would drag out this huge ladder and bungee cord over my old LuLaRoe Carla Hadfield decals. And I did that for, oh my goodness, a while, a while, at least two or three months. I would just pull a little bit off of each show and continue to work on her. And now she's fully themed. She's interactive. We've finally got all of our inventory apparel. Our music apparel is handmade. If it's bleached, it's handmade as well, which is a four-step process wow. for us. It's, it's pretty phenomenal what it's turned into, and it makes me so happy and so grateful. Every time I'm in there, you never know when somebody comes in, she's very colorful. Yeah. There's always some of humor, towels, tote bags, and if I can make somebody smile, You know, I remember the times when I was at my lowest and I remember the things that when nobody knew how bad I was struggling, I remember the things that did make me happy. And if it's either the trip down music's memory lane that they get from being in the Airstream or the laugh that they get from some of our gift items my job is done, because I always wanted that to be a happy space. And she is
0: she's so vibrant, and people love her so much. Well, and she says her the Airstream and guys, I mean, (laughs) you know, her background, you know, Carla's background, she's got a background, she went to school for theater and dance, she worked for Disney, she worked for Universal. So I mean, she's creative. And she makes these apparel things like shirts, and I think purses and what else do you sell? Yeah, we make all
1: of the apparel ourselves, and then we bring in some fun gift items here and there, like tote bags, yeah. magnets, um, you know, funny pens, a lot of funny housewares with the towels and stuff, snarky sayings, and do handmade ornaments.
0: Oh, now do you travel everywhere with her too? Or do you just stay pretty much in your area? We do. We have a couple of favorites. We do a couple of favorite music festivals. We'll be back up in
1: Milwaukee this summer nice. for Summerfest. That is, you know, our heart and soul. Uh, another one of our heart and soul festivals is Hippie Fest. Those are some of the ones that we always travel to. Uh, there's one in Chattanooga called Riverbend Festival. Mm. It's in Chattanooga right along the water there. Mm. There's quite a few, and then we do a, quite a few of your local urban artsy markets as well around Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana. So we do a lot. We wow. do some vintage markets as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, and you When you take her around, do you stay inside and live in there too while you're doing it? I have camped in her
1: quite a few times. She's completely shelled out and is a boutique, but okay. some of the places that we do go to have great facilities there, and... You know, she's got plenty of room in there with the floor space. So we have done that a lot of the time. Some of the more mainstream music festivals and things, you can't stay right with your booth. But some of them, some of the things that we do, you can stay with your booth. And we do when we can. Yeah, Yeah. definitely.
0: And I bet your son just has a blast when he can go with you. I bet that's just so much fun for him.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. He's going to be 12 and a half this summer. His birthday's in September. And he has been attached to the Airstream believe it or not, now since he was seven. Oh, wow, yeah. Seven, oh, yeah. he's grown up in it, and <laughs> yeah. he that's how he earns his allowance. Oh. He's such an amazing kid. He earns his allowance by, you know, helping out. Sure. He, will, he knows what to bring in at the end of the night. He's great, and then he gets to go and run around and, you know, get his snow cones and do the – he's a little bit out of the bounce house phase, but he got to grow up in all of these different fun environments and – You know, I hope that he looks back when he's older and has
0: just so many amazing fun memories. I really hope that for him. Yeah, because you know what? My kids, you know, you're teaching your child entrepreneurship, which my kids, I wish they would teach that more. When I was going to school, they taught home economics and they taught how to write checks and how to address an envelope. I know we, you know, that's kind of old school, you know, they, they taught us how to balance a checkbook. They don't do that anymore. And I bet, you know, knowing he's bringing in the money and showing you, hey, mom, this is how much we made, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my gosh. What a great learning experience for him. Yeah, he's amazing. That kid can make change
1: off the top of his head (laughs) faster than some other people (laughs) I see that cannot make. I mean, he can make change. He can take a discount off. He can. I mean, it's amazing. He tells me he told me the other day, mom, I think I want to invest in Bitcoin. I'm like, what? (laughs) you're 12. First of all, as a scam victim, we're going to investigate this. Okay. Number one, number two, we'll talk about it later. (laughs) It's kind of what I told him, but Oh, yeah, he talks about opening up his own business.
0: Well, you know, well, you helped him do that. And guys, this is another thing that I really love that Carla did. She now can help anyone. I think she is going to start to try to do a nonprofit. I don't think it's in works yet, but she's going to try to do that. Am I right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. we're getting close. We're getting close. I am in the works just trying to get everything done on the legal side of it so that we can at least start a fund. You know, it'll take a while to build up the fund and figure out exactly how we're going to disperse it. But there's definitely no reason to hold back any longer on starting the fund. It's going to be for female financial fraud victims. Nice. I would just like to start it very easy for the first, you know, however many months we're going to do this. You know, that finally growth stages. But we may even just do it something simple. A dollar from each sale. Go straight to the fund and let the fund grow. Right. And while the fund is growing, we'll determine how it's going to be dispersed. And in that time frame, too, I'd like to figure out if I can partner with local grocery stores, department stores. Yeah. When you're left with nothing and you are at a food bank, you shouldn't have to do that. You're a victim. It's not like you were misappropriating all of your funds and spending it on things that you weren't. And you're there because it's totally out of your control. You already feel so bad and shameful about right. everything. The last thing you should have to do is go to a food bank and worry about how you're going to pay your bills. Right.
0: And, and hey, kudos to the food banks that can help. But still, yes. you are swindled out of so much money and groomed and manipulated, especially at a very vulnerable time of your life. And look at you now. That's what I wanted my listeners to see now. Look at you now. And I'm so proud of you and i'm so proud of the work you're going to be doing you're welcome and i'm so happy to have had you on my podcast you've been fantastic and i'm like i said if i can spread the word i'm doing it now for you girl
1: thank you yeah my life and the business means a lot to me the story is it's true and i hope it's impactful and you know if i can do it anybody can do it awesome. and if you're in an mlm now and you're curious about you know if everything that they're telling you is true and that this really is the best way to have your own business reach out to me if you ever have any doubts. I am not a mean girl, anti-MLM. Everybody is a victim and I'm here to help. I'm here to help other female financial fraud victims too. If you just want to talk to somebody that's not going to be judgmental, that truly does understand what you're going through, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. And I can just listen. Yes, I'll just listen. Sometimes we just need somebody that'll listen. Absolutely.
0: And you know what? I'll add all of your information on my show notes. Um, any kind yeah. of, yeah, I, you can send me links or I can just look some things up so people can get to know you and contact you or at least look at the businesses you're doing now. So, because it's just so interesting and, and just so uplifting. And Carla, I thank you so much for coming on my podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate any time that I get to talk about things. So, and I, and I hope that people reach out. I'm here for them if they do.